Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme. It's December, so it must be Festive Fear 3. I searched the bowls of Amazon Prime Hell to find the holiday horrors that I haven't covered yet. And do I know something I found out about doing research for this? Do you know... Christmas horrors are thin on their ground. Once you've covered the black Christmas movies, Santa Deadly Night movies, Gremlins, Better Watch Out, Elves, Christmas Evil, Santa Slay, Jack Frost movies, Krampus, and New Year's Evil, there isn't much left. I mean, but I found a few I have never seen nor heard of before. First up is Holiday Hell from 2019, starring Jeffrey Combs and a bunch of unknowns. An anthology Christmas horror about a store owner selling supernatural items? Question mark. So let's just dive into this one, shall we? With its unknown budget, this thing pulled in unknown. Starring Jeffrey Combs. Rooted by Jeremy Berg, David Burns, Jeffrey Farrell and Jeff Virgil. Never a good sign. The plot. It's Christmas Eve and a woman is out last minute shopping for a gift for her sister. She enters a store off the beaten path, and here she meets a strange shopkeep who tells her stories of all the creepy items in his store. For he sells supernatural powered gifts. Can she get out of it paying an arm and a leg, or is she for the sleigh? Let's find out here. So, after logos from sales I've never heard of, up pops the title, Holiday Hell, with a Valentine's Day gift, a butcher's knife, a Christmas tree, and a Star of David in the word Holiday. Do you see? It's all different holidays, hence Holiday Hell. Hey, clever. After a minute and a half of cast, who I've never really heard of, and crew, I can be safe fucking padding, it opens on a store sign, never told Casket Company, Antiques and Curiosities. Should I just be never told Curiosities? I mean, on the display it's a mix of a costume store with a taxidermist with stuffed monkeys and other beasts all stressed up in weird outfits. Okay then. In walks a woman looking for a Christmas gift for her unusual sister. Quote unquote unusual sister. From the back of the store, the storekeep comes out played by Jeffrey Coombs of the Reanimator fame. He tells her he's about to close up for the weekend, but she tells him she must find a gift for her sister. So he tells her he'll help her after she pulls out a row of $100 bills. Because apparently it's almost closing time, i.e. 7pm. Anyway, moving on. With that, he tells her every item has a story behind it. He tells her he's not interested in items unless there's a story behind them, which has never been told, hence never told antiques and curiosities. Uh, if the stories have never been told, how do you know about them then? With that, she takes a look around. She points to a cracked white mask straight out of bloody Valentine, check my archives, and asks the story. Here he tells her the mask was found in the ashes of a house fire. Yet there's not a drop of dirt or ash on this fucking thing. Where many people died, but not all from the fire. He continues it belonged to a little girl called Dollface. And cue story one. A car pulls up outside a house running over a doll's face. Foreshadowing. Out pours four people. John, played by Jordan Nancaro. Myra, played by Malik. 
Mawas, rather, Mawik. Mawas Prem, his pissed off girlfriend, China, played by Carney Dandrea, and Julie, played by Cammy Offen. It's St. Valentine's Day, but he's taking his girlfriend to a haunted house called Inferno because apparently that's romantic. Eh? And hence why she's majorly pissed off. In another car up pop pulls two vapid bitches who take joy in breaking men's hearts. Also here we find out Julie is deaf as China says to her what the other two have said. Inside, John tells the story of the dolls. Ken and Barbie. Really? Ken and Barbie doll? Oh my lord. That after their murders, their daughter was sent to a nut house. He then continues, thank God for that, because he didn't have a place to party. Really, movie? With that, he and Myra go to the back bedroom to have sex. Inside the room, Myra feels it's off, so he needs to get some beers, leaving John all alone to get comfortable. With that, he checks out the room, finding a mask on a clothes rack. That springs to life, and it fades to black. In the living room, China complains she's bored, but Julie refuses to leave, as she's onto a quote sure thing with Paul, who is played by James Krosnick. Myra, or Mira rather, gets the beers and has to return back to John. With that, are the two valley girls who almost speak in fucking text speak, like, oh my god, literally lame as fuck, and oh my god, OMG, stuff that's like, oh, get over yourself, love, shut the fuck up. Uh, take a quarter bottle of whiskey into the basement to fool around. What are the names? Who cares? In the bedroom, Myra finds John gone, but Dollface kills her with a Barbie doll to the neck. Who is Dollface? Say it with me. Who cares? Cut to the basement where blonde bimbo number one downs what's left of the whiskey as blonde bimbo number two hits on her. So blonde bimbo number one runs off. She's called Sandy, played by Reza Lee Smart, if you'd give a shit. Leaving blonde bimbo number two to die at the hands of Dollface. As upstairs, Sandy gets her things and runs off after being extra bitchy to China, who runs after her to quote beat her candy oh, sorry, to beat her ass. Candy ass what motherfucking rock? This leaves Julie alone to be killed by Dollface. Nope. In walks Paul and Kenny, who is played by Connor Fogarty, who immediately hits on Julie. As China is trying to suck Paul's face off, China drags Paul outside to have sex with him. Meanwhile, Kenny is still hitting on Julie. Dollface cuts Paul's head off, just the tip, with a spade, as China is giving him head. In the basement, Blood Bimmer number 2 is next. Dollface chokes out with chains off screen, as pretty much every fucking kill in this movie is off screen. How cheap are they? This leaves Joey and Kenny. He is boring the ever-loving shit out of her because he's talking about how great he is and how he's Ivy Leaguer and blah 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 blah. He then tries to rape her so she slaps him across the jaw and runs off. What the fuck movie? Who wrote this? In a hallway, Dollface is waiting for Kenny. So of course he hits on her. So she forces a beer bottle down his throat and then screams PRETTY! Uh, outside. While texting, Joey finds Sandy's dead body in her car. So instead of, oh, I don't know, dumping the body and stealing the fucking car, she runs inside to face off with Dollface, who then screams, PRETTY! as she slices up Joey's face. A blow to the face of a fire poker, and Joey gets away. Where did a fire poker come from? Who cares? How did it teleport from the 
living room to the basement. Who cares? Anyway, Julie then runs through Dollface with a pole before hitting her mask off with a chain that she then used to beat the living fuck out of her. And my god, these chains look plastic. They look like bloody from that Halloween store. What was it called? Um, shit, the fuck's that place called again? You know the ones that pops up in all these Toys R Us places and all that shit happens every Halloween? You know, that place. Moving on. Out of the shadows, armed with a shovel, comes China to ask why Julie killed her baby sister. With that, she kills Julie off screen. Because get it, she's a China doll. Oh my god, my eyes rolled like dice. Oh, so what the hell was Dollface's name then? I need a doll? I mean, uh <clears throat> Back at the store, the shopkeeper tells the woman after that uh, the house then burned to the ground. Shopkeep asked the girl her name. She is Amelia, played by Megan Carney Nesser. He says he thinks he knows her face, but quickly plays it. Next story is about a Jewish doll. The shopkeep tells Amelia it's hundreds, if not thousands, of years old, and made by a rabbi. Cut to a huge house on the last day of Hanukkah. As we introduce to Kevin, played by Forrest Campbell, who looks about 18 as I am to be picture but he's about 13 here how long is this thing being a bloody can for he's given the doll by his parents they tell him they got it in germany <coughs> puppet master <coughs> excuse me puppet master <coughs> buddy archives <coughs> he opens it and immediately hates it until he's told it's a one-off there's only one in the entire world okay with that the parents leave to go to the airport to board Red Eye to Germany, as you do, leaving him with Lisa, played by Amber Stonebreaker, to watch him all weekend. Kevin runs away from Lisa, who of course wants to throw a party, because this is cliches 101. She's on the phone to her boyfriend, Trey, played by Brian Sutherland. He's a wannabe gangster, complete with a do-rap, fake-looking tattoos, and bad gangster speak. God, this guy's lame. She tells him to get there ASAP, or as soon as possible. Wait, she wants to rob the place, not party? Okay. Kevin, wait, can we see Home Alone here? Hmm. Overhears this and runs off. Lisa sees this and gives chase to him. Meanwhile, in his car, Trey's getting a blowjob off another girl. Who in the fuck wrote this? A horny 10-year-old? 12-year-old? Jesus. Anywho... She tells Kevin they're going to rob his parents blind and he can do nothing about it because he's just a stupid little kid. Hello love, home alone, Barry archives. She locks him inside his bedroom, even though it locks from the inside, moving on, then calls back her boyfriend telling him to be at 3am. Why 3am? Who cares? So he throws out the girl he got head from and he drives off leaving, him middle of, leaving her in the middle of nowhere. Who wrote this shit? Kevin wishes the doll would come to life to help him. As in the bottom of the box the doll came in is a scroll written in Hebrew, which Kevin reads aloud, and boom! The doll was now alive. So it's less chucky and more of a golem then. Oh my god, this thing looks cheap! It can barely move, and it's about a foot shorter than chucky. Completely unintimidating. Anyway, in the kitchen, Lisa ransacks the place, so the doll jumps out of Kevin's bedroom window, straight down into the kitchen to stalk Lisa. She grabs a butcher's knife and hunts down Kevin, because she thinks all the noise is, is Kevin. 
in his bedroom. She finds it locked, yet the front door is wide open, so she goes down to investigate and indeed search for him. Trey arrives, too bad for him. He's stabbed in the neck by a spooked Lisa and dies instantly. I mean, the, neck goes, the, the knife goes right through his neck. Like, that's going to happen in reality. Anyway, Kevin sees her crying over her dead boyfriend and laughs creepily. So she gives chase. Upstairs, the tiny doll slices her heel with the world's smallest pen knife. I swear to God, it must be about fucking half inch long. Lisa takes a fall downstairs, stabbing her neck on the way down. Kevin then stands mid-staircase, holding the doll with a sinister grin on his face. The doll drags the bodies away, and Kevin then cleans up. Sunday morning comes. Kevin tells his parents Lisa left with her boyfriend. Then the camera returns to the doll as it turns and winks to the camera. As it cuts back to the shop. Kenan. Next item is a bloodied Santa suit. Storekeep tells Amelia he got it from the body of a man who went nuts on Christmas night. Cut to a stressed middle-aged businessman, Chris, played by Joe Murray, and his much younger wife, who is in bed complaining he got passed over for promotion yet again. So she's a fucking gold digger then. She is Susan, played by Alyssa Marshall. She tells him if he doesn't stand up for himself, he will ever be a doormat throughout his entire life. He wants to have sex, but she's having none of it, saying he he is simply too fat and she simply can't. Ouch, love. Rejected, he sleeps on his sofa. As next morning, his daughter wakes him up, telling him he'll be late for work as she leaves for school. He find out it's Christmas Eve, and the kid will be with her friends all night. So after the office party, in which she will be dressed as Santa, they can have some alone time. She shuts him down, saying no drinking after the showing up he gave her last Christmas office party. Cut to his work. As he sells dodgy, quote, him <coughs> vitamin pills, he's fired by his boss, Mr. Donaldson, played by James Mesher. Unless he can keep up with his rival, speaking of which, in walks Tom, played by Jeff Byron Davis of the craptastic Killer Pad. Robert England's second uh, directorial movie. By the way, next year, there may be a Robert England month. Because they tuned for that one. And he also stars in Who Signs Anyway. He is all smarm and charm. They both mock Chris for last year's Christmas party, saying that not only was Rudolph red nosed, but indeed Santa was. Cut to this year's party. Chris is now dressed as Santa, who watches his wife flirt with his rival outrageously. He follows them into a back storeroom, finding them fucking. With that, he cuts... Sorry, with that, he's in a dive bar, getting drunk. Now, good and drunk, it's garbage day! Or, <clears throat> garbage... Oh, fuck it. <clears throat> garbage day, I can't do that. As he downs the <clears throat> vitamins his company makes, which makes him go insane. He then returns to the party after killing the off raw zombie looking bar owner because he pisses over his bar while talking to himself in two different voices at the party he drags a bag full of weapons which he uses to kill all that have ticked him off first up he kills his boss after he gets handsy with his secretary i mean he cuts his hand off with an axe he then kills the secretary with a buzz saw blade to the head because she's a buzz kill next he asks his boss a question What's the problem with 
with me. Why can't we bury the hatchet? Ah, it's with the heat chops him up. And oh my god, the puns. Next is he's cooked out of his head. Rifle. Rifle, rather. Not before he ho ho hoes Tom's assistant right between the eyes of a hoe. Tom sees this but can't move as he's nailed to the seat by the balls. He's then filled with nails because, after all, he nailed his wife and he got an 18 whore. Who wrote this back home? He falls asleep on the sofa, blind drunk. As the next morning, his wife wakes him up to scream at him for coming home drunk. Uh, by the way, he is not in his Santa suit. And it's not fucking Christmas night. He takes more of the um, vitamins. This sends him insane again. So he kills his wife with a hammer. I guess he wasn't the only one who was hammered then. As back at the store, the storekeep wraps up the story, saying he was found wandering the streets later at night as he wandered straight into the path of an 18-wheeler that ran him over. The final item is Amelia's own moon ring with matching earrings. This time, she tells him the story. Seems she's a miracle baby. And cue flashbacks to, I'm guessing, the mid to late 60s? 70s, rather. To Amelia's mother, Anna, played by McKenna Rawson. She goes to see about a room for rent. The woman renting the room is Lavinia, played by Lisa Carswell. Once she shows Anna the room, she leaves to let her unpack. We find out she has no friends nor family after her mother died a month earlier, so she wants a fresh start in a fresh town. That night, at dinner, we meet Robert, played by Geoffrey Arlington. He's Lavinia's husband. Over dinner, Anna asks where the kids are, or indeed, where's the rest of the staff? After all, this is a huge house, and it's a huge farm, for only to be run by one person. Lavinia tells them she has no kids, and no one else lives in the farmhouse, it's just them two. Get in. Robert then tells Anna the local farm shop is looking for help because that came out of nowhere. It's late that night. Anna is awakened from her sleep by chanting. She looks outside the window just as people are leaving the barn. She is about to go outside but is stopped by Robert who sends her back to bed. Next day in town, Anna looks for a job. She goes to the store to see the owner, Ned, played by Scott C. Brown. And this has a whole cult vibe to it as everyone is staring at Anna. Anyway, he gives her the job. However, she notices he has the same ring on his finger as Lavinia. Which is the same one Amelia is wearing. What does it all mean? Also, Amelia says it's a one-off ring. How the fuck's a one-off ring if dozens of people are wearing it? Another soap worker tries to warn Anna off, but she has her tongue cut out. She's also wearing one of the moon rings. So much for it being one of a fucking kind then. By the way, this ring looks cheap. It was like something you find on the bottom of a body cereal box in the 1980s. Back home. As a storm rolls in, Robert asks Anna how her day was. She tells him she finds it weird there's not a Christmas item anywhere around town. He tells them no one likes Christmas in the town. Okay. So she asks about the store worker from earlier and Lavinia tells her that she chewed out and sorry, bit off and chewed her own tongue. Is that even possible? Anna says the whole town feels off. With that, she starts to feel woozy from the tea and she indeed passes out. That night, over a full moon, Anna awakens in the barn, held down by two burly men. With the rest of the town 
all nine of them looking on menacingly. Lavinia tells her she wants her to carry a baby for her and Robert, as the two can have children. With that, Lavinia casts a spell to the moon goddess to grant her a child. After that, the townfolk all start to chant. Anna begs for her life, but Lavinia chops off her head with a sickle. Months later, a child is born. How very Rosemary's baby. Back at the store, Amelia concludes the story. The shopkeep wants the ring, but Amelia says no. It's now Christmas Day, so they've been standing in that place for four hours telling these creepy ass stories. Yeah, that's how that one's going to work. The storekeep won't take no for an answer, so he goes behind the counter and produces a dagger. However, when he arises, he's surrounded by Amelia's coven, who pounces on him after she tells him he killed her twin sister years earlier. She continues, she knows he killed people to get the objects for his store, so he's going to go to hell. With that, she bleeds him, casts a spell, and brings back her sister. Once finish lights go out, seconds later, there's a spotlight and a naked demon twin of Amelia is shown. Hoops apart the shopkeep as credits roll. So, that was Holiday Hell. Very low budget, but not cheap looking. The twists are lame. The acting is fine. Not great, just fine. The effects are poor, but again, this is low budget. And it's like it's fucking filmed on a bloody iPhone. However, it's just not that bad, not that great. It's a very, very slow, rainy day movie, I would say. Or snowy, rainy day movie. I'll give this thing a very, very generous Christmas 5 out of 10. Come back next week as I look at Unholy Night. And I'm moving another bloody well heard of. So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me most suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other horror front franchise podcasts of House, Resident Evil, Underworld and more. Also my solo podcast of Chills Play, Jack Frost, Better Watch Out and more. A bye. And remember, I watch these movies so you don't have to. Now have some, some festive cheer. A tatty bye.